It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello, and welcome to the New European Podcast. My name is Richard Porritt. I'm joined by Steve Anglesey. I'm very cold. We, we are wrapped up in, well... A skiing jacket. You've got a very nice parka. I've got a parka. Yeah, we do look like like Kurt Russell (laughs) in the thing. Uh, Yeah, Steve's got his hat and scarf on. It's cold in the library. It is. It is a cold cold day in the library. Yeah, cold people with cold hearts. Basically, that's what you're listening to. Yeah. But let's warm you up with some red hot Brexit chat, as okay. David Mellor might red, have said. Red hot Brexit chat. Dial 0898. <laughs> <laughs> yes, so firstly, we will chat about the news. Then we will sit down with Jerry. We're going to uh, just take a little bit more time to talk about Corbyn's speech. Seems like a long time ago, but I think it's a really interesting topic and, and quite important. So Jerry and I will speak about that. And then. We will crown a Brexiteer of the Week. But first, John Major. Yeah. Hero. He's back, back, back. Put that man on a plinth. It's good, yeah. It's good stuff, um, isn't it? I plinth mean, John. It, it was, um, as it was happening, you were sending me emails going, wow, check out this speech. It's it was, really good, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Why is it... Um, it's. I know what Edwina Curry saw in him now. <laughs> oh, we're back a to big John man Major. in the blue underpants. In the bath. In the bath. Uh, Does she believe in God? (laughs) (laughs) Well, let's talk about the intervention here rather than any other interventions. Um, There have been numerous interventions. Blair's on about seven or eight now. In fact, he's done one since Major. Why has this one really sort of stuck the ball out of the park? Well, I think because John Major doesn't say that much, Mm. does he? No. He, uh, I mean, he he spoke with, I think it was probably the best articulation of why all this is a a mistake that I have heard yet. It was really surgically brutal. It was. uh, Against uh, against the the, the sitting Prime Minister. I guess it's because it's Tory on Tory, isn't it? Blue on blue, Uh, yeah. It's blue on blue crime. Um, But it was a particularly good speech. And then again, when he was interviewed... Afterwards, yeah, he again, was really he good. was again he was really good. He reminded me of um, of being on the stump in nineteen ninety two, and obviously, you know, he was supposed to lose that election badly to yeah. Neil Kinnock, ended up winning it with a with a, a reasonably, reasonably majority, decent yeah. majority. Yeah. Um, and it reminded me of all the reasons why people might have gone, well, I, I don't believe in his party anymore, but let's give this bloke a chance. I don't know who wrote it. I'm sure there was a team of people as well as Sir John involved. Do you think? Yeah. Really? 
Yes, why not? Does John Major still have a team? No, but he, he'll have people that he calls upon. Really? Help him out. Yeah. Norma. Yeah. Yeah. I write speeches for big politicians all the time. Do you? Yeah. Well, that's Putin. Good. Putin. Yeah. Erdogan. Yeah, I've done, done one guy. from him. Yeah, I'm the go-to guy. Um, um, it was an important speech and a well-written speech. And the, yes. And, 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 and let me pick out some of the things. Yes. Um, it was the government's duty to negotiate a Brexit, but not any Brexit, not at all costs and certainly not on any terms. Hmm. It's real clarity, isn't it, about... Um, and then, of course, the will of the people can't be ignored, but Parliament has a duty also to consider the well-being of the people. That's something that seems to well, you know, yeah. they've decided and therefore we have to do it. Yes, exactly. Um, Speaking truth to power... And that is a great quote. And it's it? important to speak truth to power, but also it's important to... to Speak true to the people is a is a, a great yeah quote. really yeah. really good. There's lots of good stuff in this. It reminded me on a larger scale, um, and perhaps it'll have similar impact of when um, sort of out of the blue, Gordon Brown spoke in that community centre in the days yes. before the Scottish referendum. Yes, um, where he was just he just nailed it. He was impassioned mm. and um, and he really sort of struck a chord. Has this struck the same chord though? Um, I think it'll cut through to a certain extent, but there are a lot of people for whom John Major is, you know, heavily discredited. He was, you know, on the wrong end of one of the biggest election defeats ever, yeah. wasn't he, in 1997, yeah. um, when an awful lot of people who voted to leave will have voted for, for Tony Blair. Um, but who did the Tories wheel out to to battle, you know, to, to respond to this? Because well, it was the usual nonsense from Bill Cash and Jacob Rees-Mogg on yeah. some of the TV stations immediately afterwards. Ian Duncan Smith. Yeah, what happened there? Well, he 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 did a few, didn't he? Uh, he was, uh, I think, he, he was outwitted by Susanna Reid, um, <laughs> which I, I like Susanna Reid. Yeah, I'm, I'm not saying good. this in no, a pejorative sense. She's no. Paxman. She's not exactly. You didn't. You didn't expect. And she sort of. He he had to admit halfway through. <laughs> ripping into this speech that he hadn't even seen it. Oh, dear. Um, and then, bizarrely, and, and right, quite rightly, he was pulled up for this by not only Susanna Reid, but um, what, Ben Shepherd. Oh, God. Ben Shepherd. I mean, A-team. Exactly. And, um, and he said, to be fair, I had quite a lot of meetings yesterday. Well, is, is he and Duncan Smith having meetings with him? He's not got a proper job. <laughs> anyway, and then, I don't know if you saw this bit, but then he spent... A lot of the interview after that, talking about the snow and, oh, it always comes as a surprise, doesn't it, mate? Um, and he sort of went, why are other why are airports in... He said something about why are airports in Sweden, you know, and these other countries operating normally when we can't get planes out of Heathrow. <laughs> Is it because they're used to dealing with the snow? <laughs> and shall we spend, well, perhaps, yeah. Shall we spend billions <laughs> on preparing for something which happens... For two days a year, every three or four years. Yeah. No, we no. shan't. We shouldn't. So, Shut up, Ian Duncan Smith. Bad idea. I feel on. I feel dirty even talking about Ian back Duncan Smith. In, back in your books. John Major has got a really his filtrum is extraordinary, isn't it? His his the bit between his nose and his and his yeah. lip is just that that's something that I did you watch him with the sound of. off and just just to, so you could focus just, gazing. just on the lip. And he looks, he always looks, it's very big, isn't it? There's a mm. big area there and it always looks like, it's slightly dark as well, isn't it? Like he's, he could force out a full, you know, a Proper full Burt Reynolds, PI. a Magnum PI yeah. in, in a matter of, well, hours. 
Well, we, not even days. That. that could be the the intervention we actually need. Yeah. A major beard, a major beard intervention. A major beard intervention. Oh, if he went hipster. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that'd be oh, great. Hipster major. <laughs> oh, He'd look a bit, with that big filtrum, if he went full sort of... He could definitely If he that. went full Haggerston yeah. with the, the white moustache, yeah. he might look a bit like the bloke on the Monopoly. Yes. Rich Uncle Pennybags, as he's known in the States. Is that right? That is known. That's his name, yeah. Do you think that Norma would be... I don't know. She might be. She might be tickled by it. She might be. She's put up with a lot before. I think she, she has. I think that a moustache would probably be okay. It would be. I wonder what Edwina would think about it. Well, I don't know. Um, a man of many ladies. Do you think other people from 1992 will now emerge to get involved in Brexit? Oh, I hope so. What if what if Jet from Out of Gladiators yeah. laid down a, an amendment? That'd be good. <laughs> or, be good. or Clint Boone. Clint Boone. He yeah, could yeah. Do Mr. Boone, play that tune. Yeah. Or the shaman made a keynote <laughs> speech. Mr. C. User good. User <laughs> good, that's it, we've got it. They should do it, yeah. Yeah, yeah anyway. 1992, happy days. Yeah, and I was thinking, you know what we were saying about some people just will never listen to anything John Major says and in many people's eyes he's a loser. But I was thinking, you know, the Rolling Stones are coming back, aren't they? Yeah. And could you get the four living prime ministers yeah. on a one platform oh. to do something now. Yeah, that'd be good, wouldn't it? So, so yeah. So Cameron, obviously not Theresa May, although she bizarrely doesn't believe in any of this. She she would side with them as well. But Major Blair, Brown, and Cameron. That'd be great. Who have got between them? I looked this up. Twenty four years of combined being prime minister. Surely that would maybe that would cut through. Or would people just say, well, I don't believe in politicians at all anymore? Well, it's worth a try, isn't it? Well, yes, it is. It is yes, worth it a try. Shall we talk about Blair, yeah. by the way? Yeah. Because he's he sort of, you know, he's sort of, he's, he's followed on, hasn't he? Like the like the sort of the, the headliner who comes on after the support band and absolutely <laughs> yeah. ripped the joint who, up. Who's, have you, have, tell us when you've seen that happen. I love it when that happens. I'm trying to think of a, I, I, I can't. I can't there think was of one. A, there at was the a moment. gig that I there was a gig that I went to to see Ash. Oh yeah, it was the it was their first gig touring their second album. Yeah, which was a disappointment after right. 1977, which was a great album, and they were supported by a band that not many people had heard of called Idlewild. Oh dear, and they were insane, and the whole people were like jumping the queue to try and get in to see this band. Really, and then Ash came on and played about three songs, and people were just like. I've seen the best game I'm ever going to see, so oh, I'm going no. home. It, it really empty. It was brilliant. Oh dear. Yeah. Oh dear. There you go. Idle Wild. They broke America. They broke America. Idle Wild, did you? Did they? Yeah. I, I don't think I've ever heard of Idle Wild. Really? Yeah. The NME described them as a flight of stairs falling down a flight of stairs. Well, what does the NME know about That's a anything? nice bit of description. It is. So Come on, Blair. tell me about Blair. Well, he seems to be a lot of what he was saying seemed to be about immigration and how the if the EU did a quick bit of reform mm. on immigration, yeah. then we could all agree on that, and then yeah. we wouldn't have to do anything in the first all this in the first place. Yeah, and I sort of admire that stance. Yeah, but it isn't going to happen, is it? No. <laughs> so, I mean, this is so I sort of went. Well, what's the point of that? He he had a similar um, tinge to his. Previous intervention, didn't he? Yes, the he last did. one where he was saying 
maybe he was sort of aiming his guns more at the EU than yeah than Theresa May. Um, but I think that you know I, I think that well one if there was a time that the EU was going to think about immigration and reform it would have been in February of 2016 when yeah. the polls were narrowing and, yeah. and Cameron went over there yeah. and they you know they basically didn't really even you know they didn't throw exactly throw him a, a bun did they? they you know and maybe he sees that it's sort of well timed after this EU summit on well informal summit that they had last Friday uh-huh. when they started talking about how they were going to pay for everything after the, after Britain left but I'd I sort of think the EU and the the EU twenty seven. I think they're, they're quite in. They're coming round to the idea of life without Britain now, aren't they? They won't have to deal with. You know, they won't have to turn up and be have Nigel Farage's mug yeah. grinning at them anymore. There yeah. won't be all these arguments. You know, they're, they're, we've been a problem. We've been a problem for some time for the, yeah. for the EU. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, so yeah, I think it's a you know, in the twist of separation, they have excelled in being free. <laughs> <laughs> Beautiful. Is that Idlewild? Yeah. No. No, no, no. Yeah, yeah. It's take that, isn't it? It is, yeah. Lovely. Um, so the European Commission has published a draft UK withdrawal agreement yes. this week. Theresa May didn't I, like it, did she? No, but I, that's left me scratching my head, Steve. Yes. Because it, has. it is simply the legal terms of the joint report that she and um, Mr. Juncker agreed. Yes, it seems at the to be, of doesn't December. it? Um, so she must have seen it. Can't be a surprise to her. No. So, well, having I mean, was she just hoping that oh the DUP don't need to know about this? Yeah. Well, I mean, having parked the Irish issue, it's now yeah. You know, did it, the valet has now turned up with the keys, hasn't he? Going. <laughs> really I need to knock it, off now. Yeah. So um, yeah, can it, you just drive this somewhere? I mean, the, the the thing, the plans envisage um, an area spanning the whole of Ireland with no internal borders. And free, and free movement of goods. Yes. Which, hooray, sounds great. Does sound great. But um, that would mean that Europe would retain control over aspects of taxation and, and basically the EU would would still exist in Northern Ireland. Yes. We, they wouldn't have Brexited. She, well, she said no British Prime Minister could ever sign up to this, didn't she? She did! But, she's, but, but one, she did. <laughs> <laughs> and... <laughs> And to any other British Prime Minister who wasn't in thrall to the DUP and headbangers like Jacob Rees-Mogg and closet headbangers like Boris Johnson would easily be able to do that because that is the most tenable solution, isn't it? Should we all move to Northern Ireland? But like, Well, why not? It's going to be a boom town, isn't it? It is. Boom town rats. Yeah, they're from Ireland. There you go. Perfect. 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 New anthem. And then Boris Johnson's... Bizarre interventions on this this week. Boris has been just bonkers, hasn't he? This week. Yeah. Talk us about. T- tell us about that letter first. Soon as we were, soon as we're on island. Tell well, us about the letter. Well, it's look. It's it's. When was this letter written? I'm not uh, sure actually. Over the weekend, a couple of weeks ago, yeah, maybe. Certainly recently. Yeah. Certainly recently. We're we recording this on Thursday afternoon. Mm. Gonna, you're going to be listening to it on Friday. Mm. You, the listener, yeah. not you. No, well, I do listen. Well, to I it. do listen to it too. But on Wednesday morning, at about 8 o'clock, I was watching the TV, and there Boris Johnson's grotesque figure hove into view in his jogging gear. <laughs> yeah. And he said, I'm, I'm just about to... He sort of... He started picking on people for not having actually read the, the letter, which 
no one is supposed to have read. No. <laughs> and then he said, I'm, I'm, I'm just going in, the, in my house now to, to put it online. And we're still waiting to see it, aren't we? I mean, we know what's in it. What a weird hell to die on that one was for, for Boris Johnson. I'm just going to send it out now. Anyway. Very strange, yeah. But he, the, gist, the gist of what he said about the letter, rather than the content of the letter himself, was that the EU, he actually said, the EU are using this Irish border to thwart Brexit. And they aren't, are they? The EU are quite rightly saying... These are two different countries, with and they now have the same trading agreement, so that is fine. Mm. They will no longer have the same trading agreement, mm-hmm. and some mechanism is going is obviously going to have to be to put in place to stop the, you know, this is basically Boris John and Boris Johnson is saying we could handle all this, as he said in the in the same interview. We can. He, he said he, he asked the the, the the woman from Sky, um, whose name I can't remember. I'm very sorry, woman from Sky. But he said to her, do you pay the congestion charge? What happens when you go out of the congestion charge zone from outside into the congestion charge? And he implied that it would be just like that. Mm. And that's nonsense, isn't it? Because, Absolute nonsense. Because, you know, that, that is essentially a smuggler's charter, isn't it? Yeah. A complete smuggler's charter. Never, never mind the, the issues of freedom of movement, of people coming into the UK who aren't supposed to be coming in, but just trade. You know, it stands yeah. to reason, doesn't it, that if you import something cheaply into the UK, as Boris and Jacob Rees-Mogg want, then you'll be able to take it out without any intervention at all in Boris Johnson's fantasy world and sell it more for more expensively in the EU. Because this letter came just a few hours after Sky got the leak of the letter. Yeah. Uh, in, in On Tuesday evening, I think it was. Yeah. Boris has made me have to stop and scratch my head on numerous occasions throughout his career. But I, I could not believe what he said on the Today programme about the border being no different between Westminster and Camden. Yes. And, and I thought, well, that's a gaff, And everyone laughed at him. And all day long, we had, there was loads of great memes of, you know, you're yeah. now entering free Camden with a picture of Pete Doherty. <laughs> really funny stuff. But obviously, he was being serious. He wasn't just plucking stuff out of the air. That's obviously something that had gone through his mind because we saw the letter later on that sort of proved it back to him. Every time you think he's hit a new low, he just (laughs) keeps digging, doesn't he? He's extraordinary. We should talk just for a second about the the revelations in the the Sunday Times over the weekend about what actually happened at Checkers during the... Great access, the, that was. The, it was really good, yeah. And uh, Tim Shipman again, who... who is, yeah, I mean, he is. Um, whoever is giving him all of this stuff clearly doesn't know how badly it's, it's, <laughs> it's playing for or some of them. perhaps does. But, well, perhaps does, yeah. But the, the remarkable thing about Boris Johnson was the, the, the stuff about the car industry, wasn't it? Where they were having a discussion of the car industry. And so, so Greg Clark was leading a discussion about the car industry, and mm. Boris Johnson intervened. And said, uh, beep, beep. <laughs> "Yeah, yeah, toot toot with his Mister Toad uh, car." And he said, um, "We must have complete deregulation between uh, between the EU and Britain on this, mm. because my friend James Dyson has, <laughs> has been the EU have, have stopped him selling his most powerful uh, vacuum cleaners. He's obsessed." And, with and James they Dyson. said, and and, and some, somebody said he's obsessed with James Dyson. He must be seeing him all the time. He quotes James Dyson <laughs> all the time. 
He's just talking well, he about James on, Dyson. He did this last week, didn't he, when he did his speech? He did. And he ended up talking about carrots and hoovers. It's just, yeah. Anyway. So he's, he's, got a th- he's got some kind of infatuation with James Dyson, do you think? He has, yeah. Do you have a Dyson? Uh, I've got, uh, no, I've got a fake Dyson. Have you? Yeah. A Tyson. <laughs> Tyson. <laughs> What's uh, a fake Dyson? It's, it's like it a, di- it's like a, yeah, basically, yeah. I got it off Amazon, which is frankly the, right. yeah, 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 yeah. I've got a Dyson, they're very noisy. They, they're, they're, they're very noisy, which yeah. is one of the reasons that these upright models, one of which I had, it was very noisy. They've been yeah. banned, haven't yeah. they? I've got a different, mine's definitely banned. And, um... Uh, yeah, they can't make them anymore. I had to smuggle it in the And house. they use too much power. Yeah. And I think, I think Witch sort of discovered, they did a, they did a not particularly Dyson, but they, they did a, a test of a lot of top-of-the-range vacuum cleaners of about 1,400 watts. Mm. The new limit is 900 watts, isn't it? I know too much about vacuum cleaners. You do, you like Boris Johnson. Uh, I'm like Boris, I'm obsessed with carrots. <laughs> Wait, let's, let's get started on carrot soup in a bit. Um... <laughs> And the new limit is this, and they're basically this witch thing, which was of all of these sort of top of the range ones across several manufacturers, said that it doesn't really make any difference. No. The, the difference between nine hundred and fourteen hundred, you wouldn't really notice. But going down to nine hundred, so will save an amount of energy across the EU equal to the annual residential electricity consumption of Belgium. Yeah, which sounds like quite a good idea. Plus, they'll be yeah. cheaper because you're not running a you know, yeah. you're not running a more expensive, you're not buying a more expensive appliance. And it costs less to power. And it costs less to run. Yeah, and not, not as noisy. I mean, my windows rattle with my dice. It's like a jet engine starting But it. Boris's chum has been inconvenienced. Yes. So we must deregulate yes. immediately. Okay. All yeah. right. Fine. I'm with Boris. I think all the car makers in the world will, will choose to make cars just for the British market as yeah, well, won't they? Really noisy ones. Yeah, really noisy, <laughs> high powered cars. <laughs> like those. That's a sound business model, isn't it? I <laughs> mean, he's, no, he's, he's a fool, isn't he? But Dyson wants to make a car, doesn't he? So that's probably... Oh, yeah. That'd be really it. noisy car. Really noisy car with a long lead. <laughs> <laughs> OK, I will speak to Jerry Scott next, and then we'll do Brexiteer of the Week. Stay angry. Fight Brexit. Subscribe to The New European. Your first 13 issues of The New European are only £13 when you join us and become a subscriber. Order by telephone by calling 01858 438840 and quoting podcast one, or order online at our website, www.neweuropean.co.uk. Stay angry. Fight Brexit. Subscribe to The New European. Welcome back. I'm joined by Jerry Scott. Jerry, did you love Jeremy Corbyn's speech? It was interesting, wasn't it? You say love. Yeah. It was interesting, yeah. yeah. Well, I'll tell you what. A few, there were a few bits for me. Yeah. It was great to see the Labour leader actually addressing Brexit. It's been a long time coming, hasn't a little, it? Just a bit, yeah. Um, it was also great to see that clearly um, Keir Starmer's fingerprints were all over the oh, speech. Oh, yeah. yeah. So that was good. I, I was a bit... It did read a bit like a wish list. It was a little <laughs> bit like their manifesto all over, wasn't it? A little bit, all yeah. All I want for, Bre- for Brexit <laughs> is you. <laughs> Absolutely, in the snow, snowsuit oh, on, red, obviously, dressed, like Mariah Carey. He could have dressed up in a little tight Santa suit he like could have Mariah. Done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It would have been the right colours. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. What did you think? <laughs> yeah, well, it's like you say, it's been a long time coming. Um, 
I don't think he did it totally out the good of his heart, though, did he? Because there was that report last week about 17,000 Labour members yeah. emailing in over five days saying, yeah. give us some information, tell yeah. us what you're doing. Um, give us your Brexit. <laughs> um, I thought he hit all the big talking points. Um, there was the main bit, wasn't there, on, you know, he put a fair amount of distance, I think, between Labour and the government, um, which needed to be done. Yeah really. Um, But isn't it funny how sometimes these things can be really, really different but similar? Um, Because essentially both parties are still looking for a bespoke arrangement. But but is that what... I think the emphasis from the Tories is we are going to leave the customs union, whereas the emphasis from Labour is we are going to join a A customs customs union. union. So I think, yes, they both... They they might end up at the same position, but the, the emphasis is on is on something that's a bit more workable, perhaps. It is, and that, ah, uh, the division, that's not just a semantics thing, is it? Because there's the membership of the customs union is conditional upon EU membership, but, you know, Turkey, Andorra, San Marino, are all members of a customs union. Mm. So it's not just yeah. a it's not just a wording thing. Um, so, yeah, there was that. So, yeah, he addressed those government issues, didn't he, with staying uh, within the customs union um, and that a new agreement would mean that we can broker trade deals around the world, um, but alongside yeah. the EU. Yeah, I mean, it, do, it does... It is a bit have an even tastier cake and eat it, isn't it? <laughs> you know? Yeah, 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 have yeah. Have two bits of cake. Yeah. And eat them. I mean... Ooh, at once. That's rich. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's trying to put Labour on the middle ground, isn't he? And tempt away those those Tory rebels. Well, that's what it's all about. Yeah, of course it is. This, is. this has got very little to do with Brexit, I think, from, yeah. with regards to, to Jeremy. I still, I think there's three strands of thought in, mm-hmm. in Labour at the moment. One is, um, well, we, we're quite happy to Brexit because the left is dubious of, of Europe. Yeah. The other is, just don't say anything and let the government hang themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, and the third one is, we need to be... Every time the Tories trip up, we need to kick him up the backside. Yeah, and it's but it, and that's that's come from this the you know this speech has come very much from this third way. <laughs> um, Jeremy Good. Corbyn, Good. Jeremy Corbyn, and the third way sounds unlikely. Um, and but and I think it, it, it's um, it's good politics from from Corbyn. Yeah. Perhaps his heart really still isn't quite in it. No, I mean, I think that was kind of shown with the immigration issue as well. You know, he was clear free movement is still going to come to an end mm. under Labour. Um, but without free movement, we're not getting the same access to the single market full stop. Yeah. You know, it's not... This isn't leaps and bounds. I think we only feel like it's leaps and bounds is because we've had... Nothing, Nothing absolutely. before. I thought it was like, you know, when um, give Oliver a twist the gruel and it's like an amazing thing because he has no more food. It's, it's that kind of thing. Um, and one of the issues is that anything that either side proposes, it's not just Parliament or the public here we have to please, is it? It's the EU mm-hmm. who are already kind of wary of us cherry-picking the best bits of any deal. Yeah. And like you said, if you're having two, three, four, five pieces of the whole cake, then I'm not sure how well that would that would go down. Do, is there a risk that he's overplayed his, his hand here? Because, I mean, this is... 
there were bits of this speech that were written just for those Tory rebels. Yeah, of course um, there were. But but And there were bits that were written just for those Labour leavers as well. Yes, absolutely. It was still a walking of a tightrope, which is what we've been saying all along, uh-huh, isn't it? Uh-huh. But um we'll get back to those Labour leavers in a minute. But the my concern for Jeremy on this one now is that he's played his hand a bit too strongly mm-hmm. and the Tories, those Tory rebels are thinking, wait a minute, I'm not going to be played by Labour. <laughs> yeah, potentially. I mean, a few spoke to the FT this week and said, you know, that they could be swayed to voting mm. with Labour. So yeah. potentially it's had an impact on some. But yeah, you're quite right. He runs the risk of, you know, too fast, too soon. And yeah, ruining the whole thing. Yeah, I, I am concerned for him on that score. Labour leavers, mm. every, everyone went and dug some out and they weren't very pleased, were they? <laughs> uh, yeah. They weren't best pleased, no. And I think, although I do think that Jeremy did quite a good job, really, at, again, balancing on that tightrope, balancing yeah. those two sides of the scale. Yeah. There were definitely things for the Labour leavers in there, but I don't think, I really don't think anything he could have said on Brexit would have been would have been good enough. Isn't that, well, I mean, it's very similar for for the Prime Minister. Well, yeah. He's got so many people to try and please. This is what makes Brexit so extraordinary, is that he doesn't doesn't fall down party lines mm-hmm. very neatly. Um, what now, though, from Corbyn? What do you predict happens next? Because... I think he'll. I think he'll probably just go quiet again for another year or so. Yeah, this is all we're getting. This yeah, is the annual yeah. uh, policy setting. Um, you know, I I think that one thing he might have to address is there was absolutely no mention of the uh, European Court of Justice yeah. in there, and yeah. um, you know, he's not keen on it, is he? That's no. why. That's probably why. But I do think there'll be some push to to kind of clarify what the position is there. Um, but apart from that, I quite agree that I think. We're not really going to hear much more, maybe until the government makes its next step up or there's next yeah. big announcement. From I that mean, side. obviously, Kia has been has been working busily in the background, yes, um, w- waiting for this moment. Yeah. you know, on lobbying the leadership frantically. Um, it is a bit of a shame that it's taken the opportunity to give the Tories a kick mm-hmm. for Jeremy to come out and talk about Brexit. But um, do you, so overall, then, do you think we saw that there were some levers? Every paper went out and found some. <laughs> Um, Labour leavers who said we won't vote for Corbyn now. Yeah. Do you think he gained more than he lost from the speech? I think so because I do still feel that there are those Labour leavers but the the softer Brexit and Labour it's a it's a natural it's a natural marriage isn't it? It seems it seems like a natural partnership and I think he'll gain more from Labour supporters for that, then then he'll lose. Yeah, and and also, I mean, I, you know, on the pod last week we put it to him, didn't we, about losing those young mm-hmm, voters, yeah. and he's clearly he's clearly worried about that. And I think that I think this will do a lot to steady the nerves of those young people who are desperate to stay in the EU. Lord Adonis, very quickly after the speech was given, no great fan of Jeremy, obviously, but said, "I was sure this would happen. I was sure that Jeremy Corbyn would come round, and mm. this is the first step." towards Labour backing a second referendum. Yeah. What do you think? Oh, I think that's a long way off. If yeah. we're going to get there, I think that's a long way off. I'd long like shot. to think it would be. Um, you know, I I still feel like if Labour came out and put themselves as the party of Remain, then they'd gain 
a lot, lot more. Yeah. Um, but Impossible I don't think it's going to go that far. That. Of course, with his own with his own beliefs yeah. and his own reservations. If but... it was a more mo- a moderate, then then perhaps. But but I do. But what I do think is that there is. I mean, he didn't. When we asked him again on the pod last week about um, was there any potential to for Labour to back a, a vote on the deal, mm. he didn't answer that question. No, 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 no. I don't think he's willing to rule that out yet. No, absolutely. And, you know, Major's speech this week, that barnstorming speech that puts... Uh, put, I mean, Jeremy's wasn't bad by any means, but really did put that to shame. Yeah. Um, that's talking about it. Blair's talking about it. We do. It does feel like um, there is potentially a movement and some political will as well. Fingers crossed. Well, who knows? But, but if... I mean, even if, as Major was saying, there's a free vote in the House, that could make... That could make all the difference because if oh, that'd be come, fun, wouldn't it? What a division that would be! <laughs> oh my goodness! I'd be giddy. That would be an extraordinary thing. Let's look forward to that, Jerry Scott. Thank you very much for your time. Brexiteer of the week. Welcome back, Steve. It is time to crown the Brexiteer of the week. It is time to crown the Brexiteer of the week. What an exciting week it's been. It's been a really exciting week for for Brexit, hasn't it? There's I been think. lots of big Brexit news, but it there's feels also it feels like some kind of turning point with all these yeah. speeches and interventions and watershed. The, uh, you know amendments are coming down and it, it feels like a big watershed moment doesn't does, it does and in the middle of this yeah come go on, yes go on the gomez and morticia of brexit <laughs> It's Henry Bolton and Joe Marnie. I loved this at the end of last week. It, they're, they're so great. They went on the chat show circuit, didn't they? Brilliant. And what it, a weird voice. That's the first time I've yes. heard her speak. I'm like, what? Is she putting on a voice or something? It is remarkable, it's isn't extraordinary. it? I'm even more obsessed with her now. I know. And Henry Bolton said that what first attracted him to Joe Marnie was her sagacity. <laughs> Which... You know, you've never heard it called that before, but um, <laughs> but I think the the best thing, you know, obviously it was quite orcs, wasn't it, for poor old Joe Marnie with a with a bizarre. How would you describe her voice? Uh, I think possibly um, fashioned in her own head. Yeah, not really from anywhere. I think it's it's almost like she's trying to put a posh accent on. Yes, it felt it felt like that. I mean, she's not from. She's not like. From Yorkshire or Lancashire or Glasgow, it's not like she. I think she's from the whole county somewhere, yes. isn't she? So she's, she's from Kent, isn't she? Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, I imagine she's got fairly standard English sort of low RP accent anyway. But it seems that she's putting on this sort of yeah, like, like the, the Queen Mother. Yeah. <laughs> like the Queen yeah. Mother. Very strange. Anyway. <laughs> oh, uh, Henry. It, <laughs> oh, Henry. I, I love you. Um, the best thing about it all, though, is. Is that she has now given their relationship a hashtag? Yeah, yes. and it is, and it's Jolton. It's one of these portmanteau things, isn't it? Like celebrities have Joe, Joe, and Bolton. Hashtag Jolton. Jolton. And and uh, so I, I love I mean, hashtag Jolton. Generally. And I also I can't remember which uh, which interview this was, but but. During one of them, they basically said, you never actually split up with her at all, did you, Henry Bolton? And he said, no, I may have been fibbing about that. <laughs> no. And then they said, well, how does that make you feel, Joe Marnie? Uh, which rhymes with Biryani, which you're not happy about. How does that make you feel? Um, 
that you're, you're, you're going out with a, a fibber. And she said, well, maybe the public shouldn't trust him, yeah. but I trust him. Yeah. And I'm sure those words will return when hashtag Jolton goes the same way as hashtag Benifer, hashtag Brangelina <laughs> and hashtag Tom Cat, which was my favourite one. Tom Cat. Yeah, good. Clever that one, good. wasn't it? Clever, clever. Uh, should we talk about Nigel Farage? Yes. Uh, sadly, we can't talk about his question time appearance because it's tonight. Yeah. Um, although, I'm, you know, presumably he might be held up by all this snow that's come over from Romania and oh, all that. Yeah, exactly. Um, he was at the Conservative, the CPAC, the Conservative Political Action Conference, which was in Washington, D.C. at the weekend. Um, and he said, I've never taken any money from Russia. Mm. And that suggests to me that he should get himself a better agent, shouldn't he? Definitely. Because he, between 2010 and 2014, he made 17 appearances on Russia Today TV, yeah. which is funded by the Kremlin. It is. And then uh, in his great interview with uh, De Zeit the other, uh, the other month, he said that he's, he, I, I still appear on the channel two or three times a year. Yeah, he was and knighted by the Russians. He was. He was most recently. He was knighted, and he had his moustache, didn't yeah, he? Yeah. Uh, that was on Russia Today. And in 2013, Russia Today said Nigel Farage has been known far longer to the Russia Today audience than to most of the British electorate, and yet he's never <laughs> received a penny for it. No wonder he's skin, is it? Um, Michael Gove. Yeah. This gro- went under the radar this Grover. week. Telegraph podcast, the Choppers podcast. Yeah. Um, podcast, which is good, it is good, uh, and he told uh, the Telegraph's Choppers podcast um, that as with soft-boiled eggs, the division between—I mean, even, even the way he speaks, you just want to slap him, don't you? <laughs> he said it's like Brexit's like soft-boiled eggs. The division between hard and soft uh, can't be overstated. What we want is a perfectly timed Brexit to ensure that it's neither too hard nor, nor too soft. In that sense, a perfectly timed Brexit, if I can move from eggs to porridge, is a Goldilocks Brexit. Yeah, Goldilocks. So he wants a Goldilocks Brexit. Yeah, yeah. Now. Brilliant. And two things about that. What, first of all, what the f*** are you talking about? <laughs> Quite. Um, are you on drugs? <laughs> and secondly... Michael Gove on drugs imagine would be brilliant. Oh. Well, in that photo of the, the, the cabinet at Chequers, look like, he looked like he was, frankly... He's pinging off his... <laughs> he, was on the, he had two Mick Mills and a couple of Gary Ablets. We, um, we should definitely give drugs to MPs. It'd be better, wouldn't it? Just like wh- maybe when they put the, pull out the private members' <laughs> bills. Yeah, that would be their good. Private members, they get some free drugs to try. Well, that'd be and good. We'll put them in a room, and film it. Yeah, definitely. You just have ketamine on, Thursdays. MPs first on Thursday drugs. of the month. Yeah, ket. We're all on ket. Nadine Doris, oh. ket it up. Well, Ket's a bit boring, isn't it? Because they'd just be sat there. I would prefer that for Nadine Doris. Yeah, quite. Pointing at people, calling quite. them traitors. He doesn't agree with me. <laughs> but anyway, going back to Michael Gove, who is not on drugs, clearly, just but is just Michael Gove. Yeah. He He's very keen, isn't he, on, on British pupils, or he was very keen on British pupils reading British authors. And it was Goldilocks was actually a story by a British poet called Robert Southey. And... In his original story, Goldilocks was a, a tramp, a vagrant. Yeah. And she broke into the three bears' house. She was a thief. So she, she broke in looking for something to, to steal. Yeah. Hug a, hug a hoodie, hug a Goldilocks. Yeah, yeah. And 
when the three bears turned up and went, what are you doing in her house? She tried to leg it, jumped out the window and broke her neck. Yeah. So, but broken neck Brexit doesn't really have the same <laughs> ring to it, does it, as a Goldilocks Brexit? No, no, perhaps not. The Brexiteer of the week, however, yeah. is Frank Field. And I opened the Sun on Sunday, which I, was, I went to Wembley to watch Manchester City, yes. who is my football team, we beat Arsenal. And somebody on the train, I was sitting next to a very nice couple, uh, a, a, clearly a son of sort of middle age and his elderly mother. Yeah. And they were very nice. And were they halfway, Arsenal? No, they were, they weren't Arsenal. There were some Arsenal fans on the train, but they were very nice. And at some at one point, I picked up a copy of the Sun on Sunday that somebody had left on the next table, and they were reading the Sunday Telegraph. And they looked at the the look they gave me was not kind. I've got to say. Anyway, <laughs> so I picked up the Sun on Sunday, especially and, with your tats out, and in it, yeah, <laughs> with my manny hat on. And my, uh, yes, an oasis blaring out of my ghetto blaster. <laughs> mad um, for it. I was, mad, I was mad for it. Yeah. Um, and and it, I opened the sun on Sunday that somebody had left behind, and there's a piece by Frank Field in it. And he was slating Jeremy Corbyn's U-turn on the customs union, which was just about to happen. Uh, he yeah. never mentioned it to you last week, did he? As you turn on the customs union, well, Jeremy no, Corbyn. but he did use a lot of the phrases in but that he interview did. That's from true. like uh, "no community left behind," which you picked out. I like that "no community yeah. left behind." It's good. Anyway, so Frank Field is in there, and he said that the party and Jeremy Corbyn was betraying their core constituency, and they would feel quotes yet again the political class has stuck two fingers up at them, mm. and I just thought. Frank Field, hang on a minute, Frank Field is the MP for Birkenhead, isn't he? Yes. And he's writing in The Sun, which is is boycotted and not widely available on Merseyside because no. of the lies that The Sun told about the Hillsborough disaster in 1989. Mm. And I just wondered whether Frank Field's constituents will now feel that he had been betrayed. They'd been betrayed by Frank Field, and Frank Field was sticking two fingers up at them. certainly think that that will not go down well. So, no. So, Frank Field is the Brexiteer of the Week. Congratulations, Frank. What should the listener do now, Steve? Well, they could think up more amusing um, nicknames for Brexiteer politicians, like the. Uh, we had a, a, a great one in the New European this week. Somebody said, you know, the, we, the, this cold snap is the beast from the east, and Somerset MP Jacob Rees Mogg is clearly the pest from the west. And, uh, and, and, uh, at idle hands, not idle hands, idle hands on Twitter. He might said, have been in idle wild. Well, he might. That's right. That's what he's doing now. That you inexplicably have never heard. Of. So at idle hands or idle hands rather said Jacob Rees Mogg. You have to have a certain pronunciation for this, but mm. he said he should be referred to as the arse from the past. <laughs> J W at the J W mind. He said that all Brexiteers should be referred to as the pains with no brains. And Doug Thompson said they should be all called the shit from the right. Uh, <laughs> but the one that I like the most, which is from Stephen, let's face it, Brexit is daft Sadler. Imagine his mum was a clever woman giving him all those middle names. He said that David Cameron should be known as the Cretan from Eton. <laughs> um so you could do that, and we'll do more of those on the podcast next week. But That's good. the first thing you should do is, if you like this podcast, and God knows 
somebody's got to, <laughs> beyond our, you know, our immediate families, then please give it a favourable review on iTunes and on Audio Boom. Lots of stars say lovely things about us, um, and uh, and and uh, that will uh, that will help lift our ratings and lift our spirits too. Um, you can follow me on Twitter. I'm at s anglesey s a n g l e s e y, and you can follow the New European on Twitter at the New European. And you can follow me at Porrit P O R R I T T. That was the New European podcast. Thank you very much for joining us. We really appreciate your time. The newspaper is in the shops now. It's £2.50. It's a cracking read. There's exclusives. There's lots of politics. There's lots of Brexit. But there's also lots of culture. We'll be back next week. Mr Campbell, play your bagpipes. questions i'll tell you everything i'll tell you everything. we should do this on the podcast it's recording <laughs> you can leave your head on planning for your next trip elevate your travel style with quince quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway like european linen premium luggage options buttery soft italian leather bags and so much more and it's all priced at 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands plus Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.